Coming down the aisle, it's Wrestlepedia with your host, the savant of the squared circle, the Ray Man of Wrestling, it's Brody, the Insane Brain Herman. Welcome back to Wrestlepedia with Brody, the Insane Brain Herman, the savant of the squared circle, the Rain Man of Wrestling. And I, of course, am his father, the one they call the dad. On this week's episode, we are going to count down the top five most creative bookers in the history of all of professional wrestling. Now, I'm guessing most people who might listen to this podcast or watch it uh, are, are... Already very big wrestling fans, yeah. and they're looking for something that really gets into the weeds, really is pretty yes. detailed. That said, for the few people out there listening that might be amateurs in the wrestling world, just explain real quick what a booker is. A booker is somebody, it might not be necessarily the owner or the promoter of the company, but the booker works in making the matches what they are, and the, the when the promoter sees the finishes and where he wants these matchups to go, the booker has to be the one that elevates the guy and gets him to where that angle is supposed to go and really, you know, books the show and, you know, all, all the matches that go on that needs to get to where we need to go in the angle. And when someone and, wants to be the champion, we got to get him. And to how that. do you always know who the booker is? How do you, how do you know who's responsible for the stuff we're going to talk Normally about? Normally they're cited, you know, when they talk about, you know, when they talk about, a re- when wrestling journalists talk to the, to the guy, they, you know, they can't get to Vince McMahon or can't get to the big promoters. You know, you got to talk to the booker. He knows, you know, everything that's going on and you can get, Inside from that guy, probably more than you could is it fair to say that the bookers maybe are the unsung heroes? Yes, of the wrestling absolutely. World? They're the creative minds behind wrestling that that elevate a product. For those who are watching this on video, I think it's fair uh, once again to explain why my mustache looks like this. Yeah. I don't normally sport sort of this Fu Manchu horseshoe uh, mustache. Yeah, uh, but this was at your request because he said. Uh, Hulk Hogan has one. Why don't you cut your beard down to look like Hulk Hogan? What do you think, folks? Do I look like Hulk Hogan? What if I went... <sighs> Remember when he would do that? Yeah, you'd, sort of you'd get pump himself, up, pump and, then, up and then he would do that. And start shaking. And you do that. I don't know if just having the mustache alone does that. It would help if I had any muscles whatsoever. Sure, but that's a, a little bit of a red and yellow. Another day. Yeah. yeah. I don't have any of the colors. I don't have any blonde hair. I do have no. some... Brown hair. There is hair in yeah. this hat, folks. Yeah. Um, anyway, let's get on to the list. Number five, the greatest booker in the history of professional wrestling. Who do you have at number five? Uh, number five, you got to go Jim Cornette. Uh, yes, he was a great manager, but people also know him in this light as Booker. Obviously, his managerial career is long over. And when you talk about modern booking, you can't not have Jim Cornette on the list. Obviously, his booking career began on the WCW Booking Committee in 1989. Uh, September of 89 and then in you know until March of 1990 when of course he blew up with one of our most despised figures in another episode Jim Hurd it blew up and then Cornette ended up founding his own promotion Smoky Mountain Wrestling which is one of the better wrestling promotions of the 1990s of course when that folded up in 1995 Jim Cornette went to the WWE of course he clashed with fellow writer Vince Russo while he was there he was a creative mind he I mean brought hell, hell in a cell to the WWE he was the reason why Kane is who he is today and of course, wow. Cornette then, of course, went to OVW, which was also was a promotion in Louisville, ran by D- Nightmare Danny Davis, and he was a booker alongside Danny Davis, and really elevated him. He was instrumental in booking the careers early on of developmental is like the minor leagues of wrestling, 
And of course, Jamal Overland and John Cena, Randy Orton, Batista, Brock Lesnar, Shelton Benjamin, Dolph Ziggler. I mean, this is the guy that booked I mean, them early in their career. When you hear those those big names uh, as as a booker, it's right. hard to believe that there are four that made the list higher. Uh, than Jim Cornette. Oh, it's even going to get better because well, Jim Cornette takes over Impact Wrestling in 2006 and then take, you know leaves in 2009 after, again, another clash with Vince Russo. That's two times in a row. Um, and Jim Cornette, just he had a lot of minds, and then he went to Ring of Honor in 2009 and was there until 2012 until that show in Pittsburgh with Steve Carino and Cornette left. But he was instrumental in booking. I mean, he was, I mean, all the Honor Day wrestlers' careers started off Responding to Jim Cornette as their boss, so how can he not be a creative booker? When I he's agree. An that, that's this is why I'm shocked. And Kevin that, Owens is currently in the WWE. Sami Zayn, who's currently in the WWE, all started off under this Cornette's is why I'm surprised that they're that that he's number five on the list. So now I'm very curious to hear who's number four well, who beats him out. Yeah, well, here's here's who beats him out: the Cowboy Bill Watts from Mid South Wrestling. Uh, he was the owner, but he also was a creative booker. Uh, he had a lot of people work under him, though, obviously with guys like um, Buck Robley and 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 Ken Mantell and Ernie Ladd and Bill Dundee and and a lot of other big you know guys who worked under him. But Bill Watts made a lot of creative decisions, and he was elevating had big roles in, in, in starting the careers of Junkyard Dog, who was pushed as a big African-American wrestler, which wasn't common at the time. Bill Watts did it. Um, of course, there were a lot of other things. I mean, Midnight Express, Rock and Roll Express, one of the greatest feuds ever wrestling was booked under Bill Watts. And 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 just he started the careers of a great wrestling announcer, Jim Ross. He was big in starting that. So a lot of things he started, though, when we talk about controversial and despised figures of wrestling, uh, Bill Watts, I guess, would have been maybe the honorable mention on another episode. He's he's the cowboy, but of course he enters in WCW in 1992. This is where things get interesting. He books, he makes Ron Simmons, you know, the first African American WCW World Heavyweight Champion, which for an African American to main event even now is 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 a sparse thing. And you know, he he was big in that, but you know, there were a lot of negative things. And then he had an interview where he said some racist remarks to Oxymoron on his previous stances, and he ends up. They end up in WCW. I mean, you don't, you never know who's listening to those interviews, folks. But Hank Aaron listened, MLB Hall of Famer. Probably one of the only times baseball tied into wrestling. He goes up to Turner Executives and wants Bill Watts not in charge of WCW anymore because he doesn't like the guy. Yeah, and and Bill fair Watts to say, gone. that was significant because, of course, Hank Aaron was a legend with the Atlanta Braves. Yes, that was where it ties in and, Ted Turner. Right, owns Ted Turner at the time owned the Atlanta Braves. Yes. And he also owned the WCW. WCW. Yeah. So so for Hank Aaron to pick up the phone, that had a lot of Yeah, influence. that's that's why he was gone. Of course, the resign, of course, he pissed out of the castle for the last time. He literally went in there and pissed go. out of the window. And of he's, course, a, he's a poet. Yeah. Let's get to number three on the list. Uh, who do you have? Um, number three has got to be Dusty Rhodes, the American Dream. Uh, Dusty, Dusty Rhodes. Rhodes. Yeah, of course. What a pretty name. Yeah, legendary wrestler. Both of his sons wrestle now, Dustin Rhodes and Cody Rhodes. Uh, unfortunately, Dusty Rhodes passed away in 2015. But when people cite creative bookers, nobody cites uh, more creative than Dusty Rhodes. I mean, he was instrumental in starting Starcade, which was one of the first big wrestling events ever in 1983. And he was the booker in Jim Crockett promotions from really 1985 until 1988 until, you know, Turner kind of got him out after that Road Warrior spike angle and Dusty Rhodes went to the WWE and then he went back to WCW and still was creative behind the scenes really until, you know, its demise. And then he ended up going back to WWE, you know, back to Impact Wrestling for a little bit in 2004, 2005 until 2005, he joined back to the WWE. He ended up doing a lot with NXT as the commissioner and other roles 
starting a lot of careers of professional wrestlers, came up with many ideas, Starcade, Battle Bowl, uh, bunk, you know, the, the War Games is really instrumental under Dusty, and, and a lot of things were really Dusty Rhodes. He really propelled a lot of stipulations that are still used in wrestling today. Cage matches were never not significant under Dusty Rhodes, so that's the guy. And the Dusty finish and just a lot of great things with Dusty Rhodes. He, he's one of the greatest creative bookers that there is. The unsung hero wrestling behind the scenes. Yeah. Well, that's the thing people don't think about. I mean, these things don't just uh, create, they, they don't just exist no. in nature. When you look at wrestling and you see Hell in the Cell, yeah. or you see a steel cage, or you right. see a Royal Rumble, right. or you see a ladders and chairs, Tables, ladders and chairs, chairs yeah. match, or one of those escape matches. Yeah, uh, I mean, there are people out there that this is what they're coming up right. with. Then they have to think about how do we pull this off effectively? How do we do it as safe as possible? How do I do it so that yet my boss, so my boss is happy with where the title changed and where the title is going? And that's and, the and what makes part. people want to watch. Right. That they have to want to buy a ticket. They have right. to want to buy a pay per view. They have right. to want to watch it. Right. And and these this is part of the, the, the right. team that comes up with that. So let's get to number two on your list. Um, Who do you have at number two for the uh, most creative bookers of all time? Eddie Graham from Florida. I mean, when you talk about wrestling territories, championship wrestling from Florida run by the Grahams has got to be on top of the list. He's one of the only men Vince McMahon would not screw with. Eddie Graham, Vince McMahon loved the Grahams. Uh, Jerry Graham and Eddie Graham as a tag team back when Eddie was a wrestler. And then as time went on, he ended up becoming the um, booker from championship wrestling of Florida. He has started many careers. Dusty Rhodes' career, um, Kevin Sullivan's career, great bookers. That started because of Eddie Graham's tutelage became great minds in the business. Gary Hart, uh, we talked about another episode, great wrestling manager. He was instrumental in booking him in the beginning. Um, a lot of wrestlers are from Florida that, you know, Eddie Graham kind of, you know, started out Hulk Hogan, Brutus Beefcake, and a lot of wow. others Eddie Graham came with, and he was one of the only men Vince McMahon would not screw with or try to buy out. The, only, the reason why Vince got really a stronghold in Florida is because Eddie committed suicide in 1985. Well, that's sad. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're recognizing him and his influence now. Yes. I'm sure his, his surviving friends and relatives well, uh, would appreciate we'll talk, it. We'll talk about that. Okay. Um, um, speaking of which, uh, his son and his grandson both also committed suicide. Well, that's just tragic. Yeah, that's, that's, that's tragic. That's, um, Mike Graham did it in 2012. You know, we don't want to make light of that. I mean, no, that's a horrible thing. A horrible but I do, thing. Think, I do think that uh, recognizing that while they may not be with us anymore... The contributions that they made to professional wrestling yeah. still have an impact. The Grams have a huge impact in wrestling. Yes. Let's let's get to your number one. This is this is the number one creative booker in the history, history of, of professional, professional wrestling. wrestling. Who do you have? Well, he just recently passed away, and that'd be Pat Patterson. I mean, this is uh, the guy that Pat Patterson. Yeah, he he unfortunately passed away. He left us, but Pat Patterson was one of Vince. I mean, he's Vince's right hand man when it comes to great ideas. Pat Patterson had so many great finishes. From his time as a wrestler from Roy Shire in San Francisco, he came up with a lot of great finishes, meaning and how matches end is what it finishes, how a match ends. Pat Patterson is just, he was instrumental. He was the first WWE, when he was a wrestler, he's the only wrestler to ever main event with Bob Backlund four times in Madison Square Garden. And one of my favorite matches of all time he had was Sergeant Slaughter in the alley fight in WWE. It was a great match. Pat Patterson was a great wrestler. He was the first ever Intercontinental Champion. Let's not deny Pat Patterson was a phenomenal okay, wrestler. But talk about him as, as a, a booker. booker. Yes, of course. He ends up, you know, of course, as Backlund, you know, is no longer champion. And Patterson, you know, he was kind of an announcer for a little while. Then he moves into the office and works a lot alongside Vince. 
And Pat would really, you know, will establish his legacy forever. So creating the Royal Rumble that would propel the champion, whoever wins the Royal Rumble match, is the contender for the championship at WrestleMania. I love that. If it's that not, was a great innovation. Of course. His innovation there is probably the biggest innovation maybe ever in wrestling. I mean, can you, I mean, WrestleMania start off with a tag team and Pat Patterson's like, WrestleMania needs to be the championship main event thing. This is going to be huge, Vince. And, of course, Pat Patterson's known for having meetings with Dick Ebersol and getting them on Saturday night's main event on NBC and making WWE what it is today. But when you think of creative minds in the wrestling business, Pat Patterson's the guy. I mean, a lot of wrestlers cite him as the one of the most creative men ever in wrestling. And, and Pat Patterson not only was great in the ring, but and one of the unsung heroes in the ring, but he's one of the unsung heroes out of the ring. So Pat Patterson is definitely that guy and was, was so creative in just how he booked finishes and how he was able to get to where the end point was. Vince McMahon, the closest thing to Vince McMahon was Pat Patterson, and that's a huge honor so, to be so a right-hand man. Yeah, I mean, so he really saw the big picture. He, he saw the big picture. He didn't wrestling. just have an idea. He could see what it would look like all the way through the He could see completion. it in the ring, and he yeah. could see, and he can always be conscientious of how match works. And, and, and that's that. the big thing when it comes to, I know we called this category creative booker, but you know, being creative is, is the first half, and then you have to be able to execute it and right. make it happen, and then it has to come out the way yeah. you imagined it. Yeah, he executed, of course, he was instrumental. When you talk about men behind the scenes in WWE, of course, you first talk about Vince McMahon, but then you have to talk about Pat Patterson. I mean, of course, that loss hurt Vince recently and a lot of other people in the wrestling business to lose Pat Patterson. He worked up all the way until his death, God bless him. And, you know, he, he was just well, that you know, guy. He obviously loved it, and, and yes. he, he died doing what he loved, he which, is, what he loved. Uh, which was what we all wish for. Anyway, yes. thank you for the list. Folks, thanks for listening. If you haven't already subscribed, now would be a great time to do it. If you disagree with the list, or even if you would agree with it, leave a comment. Send an email directly to Brody. Nobody else reads them but him. Uh, I might read them from time to time, so be kind. Uh, but his email address is Brody at the insane brain. Dot com. We're going to continue to do episodes, uh, doing some of these rankings, creating some debates and stirring the pot a little bit, but eventually we're going to switch into a wide variety of topics. Yes, wide varieties. Uh, and we, including, we have a lot of fun stuff coming yes, up. Yes, we do. Dream matches that never happened. Yeah. Greatest matches of all time. Yeah. We're going to talk heel turns. We're going to talk baby, baby face, face turns. turns. We're going to talk about effectiveness of heels and baby we, faces. We've got all sorts of stuff. So check out our other existing episodes and make sure to stay tuned to some of the future episodes. And we greatly appreciate you turn, tuning in to this episode. Absolutely. So for now, uh, we'll just say uh, goodbye. Bye.